0: Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So please take a minute and visit mbcocala.com slash stories to tell us your story. And if God has used this ministry to touch your life in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. Help us to continue delivering God's word to the world. You can give online or through our mobile giving app. Today we are hearing a message from our series entitled, When Life Gives You Limits. This series will teach you to trust God's guidance in your life, no matter what may happen along the way. Help me welcome our internet audience, would you? God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. How's everybody doing? Good deal. Hey, Thanksgiving this week and uh, Wednesday night is Thanksgiving Eve. That's the night where the turkey comes down the chimney. And if I have it right and uh, but thanksgiving Eve wednesday night we 're having a special Thanksgiving Eve uh, communion service here at church, and it 'd be a one hour service because I know you have to go and bake and do things, and, and uh, i 'm all for that, and so we wanted to encourage that, but come on out you 've got family coming in town in laws outlaws, your weird uncle, all those people just go ahead and bring them, come and be with us and uh, it 's just a wonderful. Time, I believe that gratitude is so absolutely essential if you're going to be healthy and whole, and um, so we're going to take some time and look at some perspectives of that, share some beautiful music, have communion together, and so that'll be on Wednesday night, and I'll look for you there. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to dive right into our series "When Life Gives You Lemons," and uh, let's look in the book of Habakkuk, and uh, I'll go ahead and tell you the whole idea. Of when life gives you lemons, is kind of a cutesy title. Um, for us to deal with some pretty tough stuff today, and we'll see that as we move forward. In the Old Testament, there's a prophet, minor prophet, his name is Habakkuk. He received some news, and he says, I trembled inside when I heard this, when I got the news. My lips quivered with fear, my legs gave way beneath me, and I shook in terror. And we know the feeling, at least I do, I think probably most of you do, where you receive news, you get a lemon, and um, it, it impacts you, that sinking feeling. You feel like enzymes being released. Uh, to me, sometimes feels like, you know, the sudden freezing of your heart and lungs. And you can grow weak and tremble and so forth. And that's, that's what this prophet felt. And then we go ahead to verse 17. And he says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. He goes on and begins to anticipate and kind of imagine the fallout. Okay, you get the news and then you start to, and this is what you do as well, you start to imagine the, the fallout of that. And what he's saying is, you know, this is, this is not going to end well. He said, you know, this, this will be my ruin. And then we pick up in verse 18, and something kind of changes here. And he says, yet. Everybody say yet. Yes. And if you get a lemon, if you get bad news in your life, I pray that you also arrive at the point of the yet. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. He goes on then in verse 20, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights. So he has, you know, got bad news. It shakes him up. And if you get bad news and it shakes you up, don't feel condemned. That's what we kind of naturally do. But we want to find out how to handle this a little better. And then he says, yet, bad news, and here's what might could happen. He said, yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. And I will take joy from the God of my salvation. Then he goes ahead and declares... God will walk me through this. God will walk me through this. Go ahead, no matter what's going on in your life, go ahead and say this this morning. God will walk me through this. God will walk through say it one more time. God will walk me through this. God will walk through it's important that you get a hold of that. So we've looked at the prophet and his list of problems there. And I want to bring it down to you and I. And this, this is just to make it real for us today. So think about bad news in our day, in your life. Let's think about it, especially in our day. Here's, here would be some bad news. No Wi-Fi. How many of you have no idea what Wi-Fi even is? Okay. okay, several of you. The struggle is real, though. Okay. First world problems. And then traffic delays. We went to a concert out of town the other night, and... Um, Great concert, by the way, Colton Dixon, Britt Nicole, and toby Mack, and it was like kaboom it was it was awesome, but on our way, the interstate was just it came to a total standstill, just a total standstill and so that's that's a lemon that's like bad news. We might miss this concert, not only that, we might have to live on the interstate for two weeks, you know <laughs> kind of feel that but we It let up in just a little bit, and we made it through. Boy, we have big problems, don't we? Don't we? And then it rains out an event that you had planned. But let's get it a little more real here, okay? And some of this might actually hurt some of you. You get news that they're phasing out your job. Or the doctor's report is not good. Or the one you love leaves. Or you get that phone call that stuns you. Or breaking news interrupts the show that you're watching and changes our world once again. Bad news. And then you feel it. It impacts you. And then you start to imagine the fallout. Wow. Because of that and this and this, this, this will just ruin things. And we start to feel that way. And then if we connect with this prophet, He starts all this talk about, yet I will rejoice and take joy in my God. And you know what? When you get the news, sometimes you're just not there yet. You just don't feel like all of a sudden, okay, we're all good. and Praise Jesus, you know, we feel it. You feel it. I feel it when the news comes. So what do we do? What do we do when life gives you lemons? And let me just go ahead and tell you that... I'm not believing for any lemons. And I believe we can avert a lot of bad news and a lot of problems just by following God step by step. Staying on the path. Stay on the sidewalk and you're less likely to get into sand spurs and bugs. If you just follow his path and stay in his light, you're going to miss a whole lot of stuff. But I just want you to know, though, as long as we're here on planet Earth, we're not in heaven yet. We're in Florida, not heaven. And things still happen in life. And life still gives, gives us lemons. I want to throw a couple of these out. Don't avoid them. It's like, no, I don't want a lemon. I just want you to remember this, okay? It's not poison if it comes to you. You can do whatever you want to with it. My point is, it could come your way. And then you need to do something good with it. Please also... Do not throw it back okay, so I'm going to carefully lob these, please pay attention and catch these. A number of years ago, uh, church anniversary, we had some church things we were throwing out and I had some key rings here and look out over there, had some key rings, and I actually belted a lady right in the, in the head. She no longer attends. No, I, I, no no, she forgave me quickly, so all right pay attention, pay attention now because life will. We'll, all right, we'll come your way. Why, why are you doing this? Because I want you to know, who, who, whoever you are, it, it could just, you know, lemons might, they might just come your way. Somebody way over there, pay attention, over there. One more, back there. All right, good deal. All right. Now listen, this is not an omen that something's coming your way, okay? It's simply a sermon illustration that sometimes lemons come, something comes to our life. And we're going to take the next three weeks and find out, and I would not miss a bit of this. I'm telling you, it's a three-week series. I have some things I really know will help you. And beyond just help you, it will help you to help somebody else. Because whether or not you're going through something, I promise you, you're going to have people within your reach, within your circle that are going to get some kind of news, some kind of something happen. Wouldn't it be great instead of you standing there saying, stinks to be you, (laughs) wouldn't it be great if you had something you could share that you could encourage them with? And so typically, when lemons come, when... Bad news comes. Typically, do you know what happens? What, what happens when life gives you a lemon? You, Okay, exactly. You fell into my little trap there. We fall into cliches. We give platitudes. We have these little Christian cliches, and Christians are the best at this, or should I put the worst at this. And if you're ever hurting and going through something, can I tell you one of the last things you want is some little cliché. Some little platitude. Platitude actually means flat. And it's a statement that you perceive as being still alive and vibrant, and it's just flat. And it doesn't really help anybody. But I want us to dig into some things that will help us and will help you to help some other people around you. The first thing would be this, and we're just going to look at two things today. The first would be this don't panic. Everybody say, don't panic. Don't panic. Tell your neighbor, don't panic. Tell your other neighbor your obvious second choice. Tell them, uh, tell them don't panic. All right, listen to your pastor. Don't panic. Hold still. Hold still. Don't rush. Listen to this. And don't run your mouth. Amen. We tend to do that just right away. I'll tell you this no, don't tell me nothing. Don't get mad. Don't make any big decisions. Don't decide anything yet. Just hold still. A rabbit, when it senses trouble, danger, threat, it will freeze. It will just hunker down. It will assess the threat. It's looking for the different paths. It's weighing it all, and it may realize that they're not coming after me. They're going to go right past me. It just stays there. Or if they say, it's on, I'm gone. Okay? Rabbit, as opposed to a squirrel. It happened yesterday. I'm leaving the neighborhood and the squirrel, he's just going across the road, and I'm still 20 yards away, and he starts this number. I could hear his little thoughts. Why did I just keep running? What did he do? He panicked. And when you panic, when you when you go into that mode, when you get squirrely, you make emotional decisions, and typically, emotional decision is a bad decision, and it will set you, it, it, it gets you into a place where you create even more damage. And, and let me just go ahead and tell you this: the enemy of your soul likes to set you up so he can get you upset. He likes to set you up so he can get you upset so that you panic, so that you rush, so that you run your mouth, so that you get mad, so that you make wrong decisions. And you know what? He just was able to cause or leverage multiplied damage in your life. Don't panic. Everybody say, don't panic. panic. Jesus said this in John 16, in the Amplified. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me, everybody say, in me. In Jesus, you may have perfect peace and confidence. I like it. In the world, you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. Ain't it so? But be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have, Jesus has, overcome the world. I've deprived it of power to harm you. And have conquered it for you. That's some good news right there. Amen. But well, here's what Jesus does. He warns us and he informs us that you will have. In this world, you will have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. Am I telling you the truth today? And so here's what we need to realize. There is no promise of no problems. You do not have a promise that there will be no problems. As I said earlier, this is Florida, not heaven. This is still life. This is still earth. We don't have a promise that there will be no problems. If you today said, I have no problems, um, I'm just worried about you. You know, because real life is you're going to get bugs on your windshield. You are going to hit that pothole. You know, just the natural course of going through this life there will be things that come your way and again I'm not believing for him I'm trying to avoid everything that I can you have no promise though that there'll be no problems but you do have promise that you will have help Amen. and listen to me God is not your problem God is your help God is your answer so if and when life gives you lemons if and when something does come your way just don't be surprised. That's part of it, is we're just shocked that anything would happen to us. Don't be surprised. Realize this, that the unexpected is to be expected. And that helps to disarm it a little bit. Not that I am constantly expecting bad. Don't live in an expectation of bad. But just don't be shocked that something comes your way. And understand this, out of Psalm 139, and I've heard my wife on the phone and and praying and ministering in person and on the phone with countless people to just say this, God saw this day. God saw this day. Go ahead and say it. God saw this day. And in heaven, if God looked over the edge, if there is one, there is a heaven. Okay, but if there's an edge at heaven, are y'all with me on that? See, if I was running for office, I'd have to shut down my campaign because I, I just, one word and you're out, you know? But if in heaven, God looked over the edge, you know, and news came to you, God's not shocked. God's not just watching and, hmm, 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 God is not shocked. God saw this day. God saw your your day. If you're with me so far, say amen. amen. So first of all, don't panic. And the second part is this: get a right perspective. And that's my big point today is get a right perspective. Our word perspective comes out of the Latin into medieval English and it's a it has to do with like optics, like optical. And the first word per has to do with through or at. And then the second word specter has to do with to look, to see. So you to look or see through or at. And then when we kind of take that over and apply it in life, it's not just what I see, it's how you see it. It's how you see things. It becomes your viewpoint of how you look at things in life. So let's take it a little bit further. I wear glasses, obviously. I wear glasses because without them, I see things wrong. You know, I'm looking at you right now, and I see this great big family, multicultural, multigenerational, beautiful family. I see you. I take these off, and you kind of melt into like a giant Rice Krispies treat. I'm going to eat you. They just saved your life. Okay? You see what I'm saying? We see wrong. I, I, I went into my closet yesterday and without my glasses. And that, well, I better go back in and get, and get these. Why? Because we see wrong. So corrective lenses, corrective lenses helps us, get, you ready for this? To see what it really is. To see what it really is. And so we've got to get a right perspective. Get corrective lenses, so to speak, so we can see what it really is. Watch this real quick. Here, kitty. are. Here, kitty. Oh, just come snuggled with mama. It's a good cool girl. Missing something? Now at Sears Optical, get two pairs of glasses for $99.99. Or take a year to pay with the Sears card. That's life well spent. Sears Optical, don't miss a thing. Goodnight, girl. Now, um, we got that off the internet, so I don't—I'm not advertising for Sears, and I don't know if they're having that special now. So please, <laughs> please don't go to Sears. Say, my pastor said ninety-nine bucks. I, okay, so there's my disclaimer. There is a, a condition, a sight condition called myopia, which is to be near-sighted, which means I can see near. It happens when light comes in, and I think the technical part is important to kind of get the metaphor of to. light comes in, but it's a refractive error, and it causes the light to focus before it gets to the retina. And so that allows you to see up close, but things at a distance are blurry. And so I believe there's a condition that we can have called spiritual myopia. Spiritual myopia. And it is this, nearsightedness to this. You ready? Tie it all together here. That something comes to me and all I can see is what's happening right in front of me. That's all I can see is just what's going on right here. And you know what I can't see? I can't see what God is maybe doing in the distance. I'll go over that again. Something happens and all I can see is what's happening right here. And I can't see what maybe God is doing at a distance. And I lose sight of the big picture. I don't realize that maybe this is just a frame or two in the whole movie. But all I can see is this right here. And so we must get a right perspective that can help us with this. Let me caution you also if and when you get bad news if and when you get a lemon that you don't question or judge hear this don't question or judge god's goodness or god's power based on your current your your recent news and your current reality in life i'm going to say it again don't judge or question god's goodness or god's power based on your recent news and your current situation your current reality. Because you know what? I would never accuse God. I would never speak against God. I don't think it's a wise thing to speak against God or to to demean or accuse God when you don't have the whole picture. Amen. Amen? Now, usually our perspective is off or limited at best. And then what do we try to do? We try to Add it all up. We're trying to figure this all out. Okay, that happened, this happened, this might happen. And when we start to uh, form our equation, and if we leave God out of that equation, we're going to end up with the wrong answer. We're going to end up with the wrong conclusion. I am not good at math, but I will say this in any equation of life, God had better be in that equation. Okay? And, and not only must He be in the equation, Equation. He must have the right value. I must give him the right value or I'm going to come up with the wrong answer and the wrong conclusion. So when you're trying to add it all up, just realize my my perspective at best is limited. And I must make sure that I'm factoring in God into the situation. Otherwise, it's going to look very, very bleak. And when your perspective is off, here's what we typically do. We blow everything out of proportion. When you can't see right, that's when you're screaming because there is a monster under your bed Till you turn on the light and it's your ball glove that you've been looking for, okay? And so we've got to be careful in those moments. Now, the apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians, he goes over his list of lemons, okay? And I want to go over this just real quick. Paul had some stuff happen to him, and he was a special apostle of God, and part of that specialness too, Jesus said, in particular of him, he said, you're going to see that you're going to suffer great things for me. It actually was part of his call. I, I, I don't want to overlay that on all of us. That was unique, I think, to Paul in this sense. And here's Paul's list of lemons real quick. Multiple beatings. Sounds like my childhood. Multiple beatings with rods. Five times he received 39 stripes, which would take you to the point of death. Five times. He was imprisoned seven times for Jesus, shipwrecked three times, he faced robbers, he was near death multiple times, he was pummeled with rocks, he spent a night and a day in the open sea, faced constant risk and threat and peril and betrayal and hunger and thirst and nakedness and sleeplessness and no Wi-Fi. (laughs) I just threw that in to make sure you were still paying attention. He had all of that come to him, yet here is his perspective. Look in 2 Corinthians 4. Here's his perspective. For this light momentary affliction. Here's his perspective. All that happened, this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are Transient, they're temporal, they're changing, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Look at it in the message paraphrase. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. Get that? There's far more here than meets the eye. The things which we see now are here today, gone tomorrow, but the things we can't see now will last forever. Listen, our perspective is limited at best, and all that Paul went through, Paul learned something. Paul was assured of something. Paul discovered something through what he went through, and it was this he saw the bigger picture. I don't think Paul was thrilled. He wasn't thrilled with those things. He wouldn't go, yippee. I mean, he he called it affliction. But when he compared it to the big picture, he said, it's light. It's momentary. What I see now, there's more to the picture than just these two frames that that I'm standing facing right now. Are you all with me this morning? And so he knew that. He was aware of that. He saw the bigger picture. And he knew this, and we need to know it. Habakkuk knew this, and we need to know it. And it's this. God is in control. I didn't say God caused all all these things. God is in control. Say it. God is in control. control. And you're never out of his hand. You're never out of his reach. God is in control. And get this. You might have to chew on this one. God is even in control of those who are in control. We look at our world and we say, why don't he? Why doesn't she? Why don't they? If only in this and this. And I just want you to know there's more to it than you see. God is in control. Believers, you should perk up about this. God is in control. He is even in control of those who are in control. And we need to trust him in this way. Paul had learned. Paul had learned that God was faithful and God will help me. God will take me through this. God will walk me all the way through this. And that should take the fear out. That should take the panic out. That should help you to understand that this is a learned behavior. You learn it by what you go through. How many of you know that the perspective of an adult is different than the perspective of a child? And there are things that a child is definitely afraid of, that an adult is like, it's not a big problem. You know, if you, as a little little boy, a little girl, you cut yourself bad, ah, now it's bleeding. And mom says, we're going to the hospital. No! And the first thing they're going to do is stick a needle in it. No! I mean... But then as an adult, you go, you've been through that before, or you understand that your perspective changes. A few years ago, I whacked my finger really good, and my wife said, are you hurt? And I said, yes. She said, are we going to the hospital? I said, yes. She said, I will drive, but don't make me look at it. <laughs> I'm cut, I'm bleeding, but I was not running around. It's bleeding, it's bleeding. And hide rather than go to the hospital. I said, no, get there. And I could not wait for the shot. Give me the shot. (laughs) Why? Because it's perspective. And then before you know it, you're healed up. You got a cool scar and some great stories. (laughs) And lessons learned. Listen, your right now might hurt. If and when lemons come your way, it hurts. And so often it doesn't make sense. As we just look at the right now. I want to encourage you to deal with the why later. So often we're why, why, why. Deal, deal with that in due time. Right now let's just deal with what's happening here. As I wrap this up as Christians. We celebrate every year something called. Good Friday. It's the day that Jesus was crucified. We call it Good Friday. I'm pretty sure that on that first Good Friday, they saw nothing good about it. They watched their beloved leader be dragged away, tortured, and it looked like murder. And they were crying and they were stunned and they were shocked and they were confused. They were afraid and ran and hid for their lives. They felt abandoned. They felt defeated. There was nothing good about that Good Friday, but then Sunday came. And then Jesus rose from the dead like he said he would. Oh, yeah. And then the events and the interactions that happened following that brought it all back into a perspective that now with the advantage of time, we look back with the big picture and we celebrate every year and call that Good Friday. And so what you're dealing with right now, let me just remind you of this, that the resurrection tells us, that the worst thing is never the last thing. Did you hear that? The resurrection tells us that the worst thing is never the last thing. So I just want to tell you again this morning, look at me, look at me. Don't panic. Don't panic. Hold still. Don't get squirrely. Don't run your mouth. Don't make big decisions. You can only see part of it right now. Just hold still. Realize there's a bigger picture Realize there's a yet to come that you'll see God will walk me through this. Here's the promises we have that you're never alone and you're never without help. And I just want to say to you this morning, don't panic, get a better perspective, get the right perspective and watch what God will do. Amen. Do y'all get anything at all out of this this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.